0: Kia ora, I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. Today on The Detail, the killer marine invader and the calls for the government to put aside hundreds of millions of dollars to fight it.
1: There has been other tragedies that have happened here, but we have able to live with it. But this one here, it won't go away. And if something's not done about it, it'll be really tragic for everybody and it'll be uncontrollable.
0: Exotic kaulerpa is spreading on Aotea Great Barrier Island at a frightening pace, smothering everything in its way, and it is in other parts of the
2: top of the North Island. I mean it's under the sea, it's out of sight. We've got an appalling record in New Zealand for how we treat the marine space, and this is just more of it.
0: We look at Kalurpa's threat to the environment, local economies and people's way of life and why more is not being done to stop it.
1: You know, the community has great concerns and I don't blame them because where these closures are, they, no one can anchor in there. It's right outside their back door, you know. Many people live on the coast where, where this outbreak is, you know, so it's, it is difficult for them and uh, we feel for them.
0: Nawaka is the chair of the Nati Rehua Nati Waiki Trust. He's lived on Aotea Great Barrier all his life and he's talking about the locals who live by the harbours that have had controlled area notices or cans for more than two years that ban fishing and anchoring. When I called him earlier this week, he'd just got the devastating news that Kalerpa has been discovered off the tiny Mahuki Island where he lives.
1: Which is really... Really critical for us at the moment. We've got to try and you know, keep it contained.
0: How did you find out that it was so close by?
1: I think Niwa have been doing yeah, pilot dives uh, around on the we- on the western coast of uh, Great Barrier, and firstly they found it in the main three harbours: is Triphena, Funga and Okupe. But I've found um, outbreaks uh, elsewhere, even in Port Fitzroy Harbour, which is really catastrophic for us because it's the main anchoring um, area for boaties, you know. Yeah. Under Great Barrier and Environmental Trust is uh, actually sponsoring the the uh, pilot boat to do some, as a private company, to do some more more research into other areas of uh, Port Fitzroy mainly to see if there's not there's not an outbreak in any, any other areas within Port Fitzroy and try and have them... Have them uh, Really contained in those areas, so there's no anchoring and so forth to minimise the spread.
0: What does it mean for you and your community there, where you are, that there's been an outbreak so close to you? How does that affect you?
1: It affects us a great deal. You know, more importantly, it affects our marine environment. Not many species survive in, in the that type of um, growth. Nothing eats it. We have a group out there called the Yahoo Miner. They're doing some uh, studies on whether Kinner actually takes it, but that's uncertain at the moment. And the other thing is whether it'll keep up with the growth of it because it spreads really quickly. That's what we're dealing with at the moment, and it's, we need financial help to try and uh, keep it contained at the moment. You can't anchor in there. You could probably surface slide, no sinkers or anything like that, but we prefer not to. try and minimise the spread. You have a a little bit of break off and it floats somewhere. It could settle somewhere and grow somewhere else and that's what's happened in this case, we believe.
2: It's
0: been there for a while, hasn't it? A few years.
1: Yes, uh, over two years. We don't know how it got here. Uh, Then they discovered it up in Rawhiti and up north and now it's slowly spreading its wings right through the the east coast of uh, New Zealand and the North Island anyway, you know, right down to um, Mercury Islands. yeah.
0: I know and and they've even found it at Waiheke, which makes it scarily close to the big populations.
1: Yes, but it's not dense like it is at the barrier here, you know. I've met up with the iwi from Waiheke. You know, we've sent a joint letter to government to try and put some budget aside for this new year coming so we can try and minimise the spread of it. They never never gave us an answer for next year, you know, so that's pretty disappointing. What they don't understand is uh, the danger of having this this uh, weed around. They may be able to do something about it now before it's too late, but there is going to be a point where it's going to be unstoppable.
0: So let's take a closer look at this pest and what's being done to eradicate it or even control it. Scientist Dr Barry Scott is Deputy Chair of Aotea Great Barrier Environmental Trust. He says people are angry at the poor response by the Ministry for Primary Industries.
2: It's tragic and it's oh it's sad. It's maddening how Wellington has just not responded. I mean, there've been various iwi deputations to the former. Minister of Biosecurity, they've banged on his table, they've written letters. There's all sorts of environmental groups around the Hauraki Gulf, including ourselves, that have written to the minister. And just nothing happens. Pitiful amount of money has been spent on it. And most of it has been around cans, ambassadors, publicity, Endless meetings, endless hooys. I mean, we're hooied out, if I can say that. We need action in the sea.
0: What does it look like up there, Barry? Can you explain what you can
2: see? can't see much unless you actually go under the water or if there's a very very low tide. It's a single cellular seaweed and it has uh, stolons that sort of creep along the the surface of the seabed and then it just pops down these little rhizoids to anchor it and then it has a frond just a sort of clear leafy uh, frond that sticks up and this um, beast we have by the way nine native species in New Zealand but it's the usual story with weeds you know you get the species that's not adapted here that comes in from outside. And it just loves the clear blue warm waters of the Hauraki Gulf and the northeast coast of the North Island. And certainly with um, La Nina in recent years, it's just ripped away. We still don't know. This is also frustrating, certainly for me as a scientist. We still have no good growth rates on it in our waters here, but estimates are one to three centimetres per day. So you start modelling them that, and we've got some people doing some graphics, you know, start little with a tiny little circle and uh, let it spread over time. And if you put several of these circles in a square, they merge pretty quickly.
0: And smother everything in their way.
2: Absolutely, yeah. It grows over the rocky reefs. Um, people have picked up um, scallops that are absolutely covered in Kalurpa uh, And uh, it's certainly moving with the currents. And that's why the cans have been totally ineffective, because there's a strong current that moves from the Colville Channel up the west coast of Barrier, and it spread from... Uh, a coupé where the main incursion is and much to our horror it's actually uh, got into port fitzroy in recent months
0: to your horror because that is what the most popular place for boaties
2: oh it is uh, there's just thousands of boats come out here at over the summer um, my wife and I were out at Motu Kaikoura on the entrance, Manowar entrance into Port Fitzroy. And there's a boat cruising by about every 30 seconds. Unbelievable. And, of course, with the three harbours to the south all closed off, that's put extra pressure on Port Fitzroy. And then if you go around the corner, there's um, Catherine Bay where the two Mariah and the local hapu live and the boats are sort of being pushed around there, and that's starting to create some tensions because, of course, that's the place for the kaimoana, and all the boats start coming in. So you're saying that the cans, these controlled area notices,
0: which basically ban anchoring and fishing with sinkers, I suppose, is that the thing? That yeah, those, that's a good description yeah. of it. okay, um, they're not working.
2: Well, this thing just keeps growing, and we have ocean currents. I mean, even a stingray, um, a manta, goes through that cowp. It'll break it up. And with storms and currents, it gets washed around. and It's been carried up to small fragments. They drop on the surface of the sandy beach or rocky reef, and then away it goes. And so it's just slowly spreading. And the locals have known caulerpa, exotic caulerpa, has been outside the can areas for well over a year now. But MPI have done nothing. We just said to them, look, for goodness sake, do some surveillance so we know where it is. And again, in desperation, we've started as a community on the island, putting trying to get some money together to at least get some very detailed surveillance of Port Fitzroy.
0: I mean, there's talk about a complete ban on boats at Altea. Do you think that should happen?
2: Well, you know, it's pretty dramatic. Um, this actually came from some of the local Māori. Um, one of them, Rodney Nawaka, he said, you know, this is a great idea. Let the island breathe. Um, mm. because, you know, it gets hammered pretty hard as it is in normal times. You can put in cans, but then you've got to put in the resources to get compliance. And there's always people who won't follow. There's always there's already been people sneaking in and dropping anchor and a coupe and the like, and uh, this is probably, by the way, why we have Kelurpa now off the channel of Carwell and also on Waiheke. I suspect it's been carried there by a boat either that's illegally anchored in one of those bays or legally anchored in the areas outside where there is Kelurpa and no cans. Yeah, it's a hard decision because we don't have the detailed surveillance information. If we had really good surveillance and we, we could say there's absolutely no Colerpa in Fitzroy, then I would say, yep, let's go ahead, allow the bodies in there, because there'll be outrage, of course, if there's a total island band. But certainly, I'm of the view we should... Continue with the current cans, extend them spatially up the coast through the broken islands, right to the entrance of Port Fitzroy. That should all be a no anchor zone. But of course, as I said before, we can't do anything with the current. So that that requires action in the sea to start pushing this back a bit.
0: I see on your timeline uh, that actually in California, when Calerpa was detected in March 2021, They swung into action pretty quickly, less than three weeks, using a rapid response eradication plan and close to 100% was removed. So it's possible to get on top of it.
2: It is, but it requires you to be prepared. And it's kind of interesting looking in California, they've had a uh, group there uh, in place for many years for oil spills. Uh, when biosecurity first detected exotic Calerpa near San Diego and a couple of lagoons here, quite small areas, they sort of used the structure around this oil slick preparedness to build a team to get in there and deal to it straight away. CalerPA re- requires the response of an oil slick. You need to be prepared. You need to move rapidly and deal with it as soon as you possibly, possibly can because it grows so quickly. So what would it
0: take to eradicate it here?
2: Well, on barrier now, because it's been left so long, i mean, looking at two and a half years versus Californian's been in the water in seven weeks. You need a management plan, you need good coordination and communication with the local community. You need outstanding surveillance, and you've, you need the MPI consents. You need regional council consents. And, and this is what MPI's got to do. It's got to empower local communities. There's lots of drivers in New Zealand. There's lots of people keen to help. Um, but there's obviously got to be some national oversight.
1: Yeah, firstly, it's environmental threat, and, and if that's not taken care of, then... You know, livelihoods could be at stake as well. And also recreational fishing and so forth is at stake. Because when you talk about the environment, many native species live in in our moana space and they've been affected by being smothered out by this infectious weed. And it just spreads like wildfire, you know. This stuff breaks off and it could settle somewhere and grow. You know, and that's how lethal it is. It's terrible. Never seen anything like it.
0: What do you think of the suggestion that all boats should be banned from from our Great Barrier this summer.
1: I like to see that happen but it's, it's something that's it's a difficult question actually because if, if that's going to happen that that also will ban all of us here living on on here to to support
0: that. You mean you, you everybody would have to agree to that yeah. who lives on the island.
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: And the people who have businesses who rely on the people who come in on the boats and the tourists and whatnot, they, that's, that would be tough.
1: That would be affected as well. Some of our local economy, like our shops and things, that's where they survive is off, is off the, the tourism aspects with boaties coming in and buying um, stores and things. And that kind of keeps them going through the winter periods of tough times, you know. And, and if that stops during the summer, then they're going to be really affected by it.
0: There's some real urgency to this, isn't
1: there? Oh, MPI haven't got a lot of funds within the emergency budget, and we know that, and that's why we wrote to government to try and put a budget in for next year. We need to get on top of this really early, and government needs to realise how serious this is.
0: And have you put a dollar amount on how much is needed to fight it?
1: We asked for a budget of at least $200 million, you know, because that's how serious it is. Wow. $200 maybe might be more, you know, we don't know.
0: How did you come up with that figure?
1: I'll give you an idea of just to do the uh, the suction dredging and tripheno, it across the enormous amount of money. It wasn't even an acre, I don't think, and I don't think two hundred million is going to do it, but it'll, it'll help. It'll mm. help contain it at least to the main areas.
2: This is something that certainly needs several million asap. Um, two hundred million that might be over ten, twenty years, which makes it doesn't make it look quite so bad. Mm but it needs resources and it needs serious resources. Now, I think we can eradicate in places. Tarawati um, wants eradication. Waiki wants eradication. Carwell, Aotea, unfortunately, has the huge area and eradication here is going to be very difficult. But the consequence of just letting it run is too great to not do something. So I think we've got to start pushing back, starting at Port Fit, Troy. Because, you know, if you get these small patches popping up, you can deal with them pretty quickly and immediately if you have people in the water.
0: MPI is holding meetings on our Aotea this week about extending the current CANs, the anchoring and fishing bands, and looking at other action. The Deputy Director-General of Biosecurity NZ Stuart Anderson says the agency has already spent several million dollars on the problem.
3: We've put a lot of effort in since it was first found in July 2021 on Otago Bay area. Um, right, right from the outset, we started off uh, with uh, convening a, a group of scientists, experts uh, New Zealand and overseas, uh, to try and understand this, this, this seaweed and this pest and what we could do about it. Um, the advice that came out of that expert group uh, early in 2022 was given the scale and extent of it in New Zealand, and the uh, marine environment, uh, the ocean the conditions that, it's, that it was in here, uh, using current eradication methods, it was not possible to eradicate it. Um, notwithstanding that, though, we, we've continued uh, to explore methods and have done a lot. So we've we obviously put those controlled area notices in place around Aotea and elsewhere uh, to try and contain it and uh, reduce the risk of it spreading. Uh, we've done education and awareness campaigns around those, um, funded on water ambassadors over summer on Aotea, Um, undertaken some uh, compliance activity around that as well. Um, we've, uh, we've used those technical advisors uh, to, to determine methods and options, uh, commissioned some ongoing research around the environmental impacts and how this spreads, uh, surveillance activities and we've also undertaken some trials of potential treatments. So we've tried using salt uh, under mats as a method of killing kalupa um, out on Aotea uh, and more recently um, we've also uh, done some further work with METS uh, using chlorine uh, hand removal in in, in, a, in certain locations uh, and more recently the suction dredge um, which we trialled out on Aotea.
0: It's still spreading though and it's spreading very rapidly on Aotea. So The controlled area notices and whatever else you're trying to do isn't working?
3: Um, Look, I I think the measures that we've put in place, the controlled area notices, um, you know, they will have helped by reducing and stopping some of the activity that we do know spreads calerpa. So people going in with particularly their boats, anchoring uh, certain certain fishing activities, things that contact uh, the seabed, um, prohibiting those and not allowing those in the areas where there is calerpa. Uh, undoubtedly is is a help. Um, we do also know though that kalupa uh, spreads naturally, of course, and the tiniest fragment that breaks off, uh, floats in a current or moves in the water, uh, can then spread kalupa and, and settle and spread as it.
0: Can. Yeah, I understand uh, that, and an you s- yeah, I right. do understand that, but not not enough is being done that that is the complaint that not enough is being done i mean and there is the example of what's happened in california with fighting it they were onto it within 3 weeks and they tackled it with the with the suction and they say they've all but eradicated it so why can't you throw more resources at it you know it's been more than 2 years now since it's been on the island
3: well again, uh, you know, I'd say the, the, the scale and the extent that which we've got it here is quite different uh, to the situation in California. Yes, there are lessons absolutely uh, from from California. Uh, we have engaged directly uh, with the Californians. we help bring them over here as well more recently. Uh, the scale in California is much, much smaller than what it is here in certain, certain parts of uh, here. Uh, It's up to 80 hectares that's covered out to a significant depth as well. We also know when we found it in 2021, uh, it probably had already been there for at least a couple of years.
0: How much has been spent?
3: So to date, uh, we've spent around $5 million or so on it, um, and there's ongoing activity uh, as of our client uh, so you know we are still committed to, to keeping going on this with Kalupa.
0: Should more be spent on it though? I mean I know that Opo Nāwaka is calling for 200 million and that would be spent over a much longer period of time but should it be treated more like M. where close to a billion dollars has been spent on er- trying to eradicate it?
3: Yeah, look, I mean, I think at the moment it's not its not so much about the money. Uh, it's really about the ability to eradicate this and what the, the tools are and the options that are available. We've reconvened uh, the scientific group to look again at all of this, pull all of that together with what we know two and a half years in now, the back of that work, uh, the research that's been going on and the monitoring, and then out of all of that, figure out and land what is the long-term management treatment plan, for Kalupa, and then what the cost of that is. Um, with with embovus as well. Um, again, we're dealing with we are dealing with quite different things here. Um, cows on farm on land that we can identify, contain, test, uh, and diagnose quickly um, is again quite different to uh, a seaweed in the water in the ocean at the extent we've got that that it spreads really easily with the tiniest fragment that can float in the water.
0: What do you think is the um scenario here? I mean can it be eliminated?
3: Well, uh, so the advice we've all had to date is uh, elimination eradication not possible with current tools and current treatments um, that's not to say that new treatments and methods or something that, that's more effective uh, could be developed um, that's part of what we're doing with the suction dredge trials. It's a really difficult complex problem without an easy solution and we are working really hard Try and find a solution, um, if we can, if we can at least contain and minimise the spread, while we work on options to either deal with what's there, um, or potentially uh, find new solutions going forward. Um, that really is, is what, what, what we need to focus on.
0: Will there be an outright ban on boats there to the island?
3: Look, I think I think we need to get through the next couple of days up there. And get all the views and the feedback from everyone. Uh, those who those who all, you know, live over there, and uh, and would be would be impacted to varying degrees by whatever controls we put in place. So we do want to hear all those views before making decisions.
0: That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is supported by the Public Interest Journalism Fund. Today's episode was engineered by Rangi Poik. Alexia Russell and Bonnie Harrison are our producers. And thanks to Stuart Anderson, Dr Barry Scott and Oponawaka. Mā te wa.